Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. Hello. Aiden, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Long day so far, but not too bad. Still awake, I guess. <laughs> you start your morning, you start your day every day with a broadcast. Yeah, uh, morning show host. That's my day job that actually pays the bills. Uh, start at five, go till about 10, then a couple hours off to do whatever I need to do, and then something at noon, and then I'm pretty much free for the rest of the day for YouTube stuff. <laughs> You've been on YouTube, what, a year or two? Uh, officially three years, uh, actually working at it one year. I actually started, well, I mean, if you want the full story, I was a truck driver. Um, and I've always, like, I was a musician. I've played on stage. I've done all that stuff, released an album. Uh, but for the most part, I was a truck driver. That was my daily job. And then I hurt myself when I was 35. So I went back for broadcast became uh, a morning show host. And at the same time, I started a podcast and the podcast was called Dark Corner of Radio. And don't try to find it. It's gone to the other somewhere. It's on my computer as well. But uh, from there, I ended up realizing that I loved podcasting. I really enjoyed it. The podcast was a storytelling style podcast. Each episode took me about 28 hours to write record, produce, and put out. And I realized that wasn't going to be worth my time in the long run. I was getting a great response from it. I was sitting at about 350 downloads per episode. Uh, and I kind of muddled around. I took a, a summer off and that's when I have a buddy of mine who is a YouTuber and he's doing relatively well. He was like, dude, you should just do on, get on YouTube. Just start putting videos up, whatever you want to do. And I was part of a YouTube or a, a podcast group on Facebook and all the stupid questions that came across there that were ob obvious answers. I decided I was going to start answering questions about how to podcast, what to do, gear, all that stuff. And I just all of a sudden noticed people were watching the videos. People were actually seeking out the videos. And so I just kept going, kept rolling with it. I used a lot of the same principles I use in broadcast. And so far it's been a rolling success. That's interesting. You know, um, I'm a fan of, of your YouTube channel and that's, that's primarily what we're going to talk about today is YouTube. And one of the things about you was, you know, that was appealing to me initially was that you were incredibly relatable. And so is that important? As long as you can separate yourself from the crowd by being you, you will always be unique. And that's the one thing that I noticed was, I don't want to, I'm not trash talking any of the other YouTubers that do what I do, but the one thing you don't get a lot of is the unique personality and that, <clears throat> that interest in who you are and talking to a person rather than, you know, just putting a mic in front of you and saying, this is a mic and this is what it does and you're done. So giving a little bit of personality, giving a little bit of that, um, that relatability is what drives my YouTube channel more than anything else. Because if people just wanted to know exactly what the specs of that, microphone are it's a two minute video and you're done 
I, I can sit here and I can tell you every spec of this Sure SM58 within two minutes and tell you whether or not you should buy it. But why do you want that? You go to YouTube for a few things. One is information. The other one is entertainment. And if you can combine them into infotainment, you will have a winning success every time. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I, um, and so I've been listening to this audio book you actually recommended to me. Beyond Powerful Radio. It's a communicator's guide to the internet ages by Valerie Geller. This is the Bible of any broadcaster. And everything I do is based on this. And it's clear language. It doesn't pull punches, but it will tell you exactly how to provide content that people want to listen to. And if you follow those rules, you will be successful. You know, how is the audiobook, by the way? I, I gotta ask. I've never listened to the audiobook. Geller, the author, is actually narrating most of the book. And so, right. Oh, and so she cool. brings in, and so if you've read the book and you have, you know that there are several other contributors to the book. And when, when available, she has them come in and read their portion. You know, their contribution. Yeah, it's really awesome. And so you get this, you know, how to broadcast from, you know, some of the best broadcasters in the world, some of the giants. And one of the things that, and so I'm in the early chapters, I'm in chapter seven. And um, one of the things that she is talking about is that that connection with your audience, that relatability, that when you are. And so it's really made me look at who I am and how I do things. And so one of the things it talks about is, you know, when you are, when you're doing a podcast, when you're doing YouTube, when you're presenting in some way, you are not talking to the camera. You are not talking to everybody. You are addressing one person. There's that one yep. person and and that one person makes it very personal and specific. And that seems to be what you do on your channel. It's interesting. You just you held up the the SM fifty eight, and I know that you just got the forty eight. Yeah, and and so I know that your channel has a lot of um, tech comparisons. Um, this mic versus that mic. What is it like to to know that what you do influences people? It influences their decisions whether to do something or not, what to buy. That's a. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> probably the best way to put it. And this is an interesting thing as a broadcaster, as a podcaster, as anybody, one of the weirdest things is recognizing your own power. And I'll give you an example of that. If you're a newscaster, let's say you do a newscast on a radio station, you get to decide what's important. You get to decide what people need to know. Top of the hour. This is a top story. And not a lot of people recognize that power and, or it might come as a surprise to them. And when you transfer that over to YouTube, you don't realize that if I tell you, you know what, this is a garbage microphone, don't buy it. I'm actually influencing the purchase decisions of the people that watch, whether it's 10 people, hundred people, a thousand people. And sometimes you don't recognize that power while you're doing it. And when you don't recognize it, I feel as if you're being almost dishonest about it. So it's nice to remind yourself sometimes that your views are representing other people's life decisions. If dropping $900 on a mixer, it comes because I told you you need to buy the mixer. 
that's a heck of a piece of power you can have over other people. And yeah, that's weird. In the last year, in less than a year, you have gained like 2000. Yeah. And, and yep. that's, um, and so, yeah, you're just North of 2000. And I think I went and looked this morning. I think it showed that you had 89 videos, which is an, an a lot of work. That's an astounding amount of work. <laughs> yes. and, a lot of that actually has to do with your ability to learn. If you're not learning from your mistakes, you're basically toiling away at nothing. Now you look back at my first couple videos, you can, it's completely different. It's, it's horrible. Um, but when you look at that and you look at that with the perspective of like, okay, what can I, what can I do that's better for this? What can I do that's better for that? What are people latching onto? What are they not latching onto and learning how to learn from those metrics? You, you, you're not doing it right. If you're not learning from your own stupidity. And you hear consistency a lot on YouTube. How important is that really? What's well, funny, uh, well, I'm, it comes with any, um, any medium. If you listen to a radio morning show every day, and then all of a sudden the hosts aren't there and they put in somebody else or something changes and you don't like it, you will turn away from it because the consistency is not there. You wake up in the morning, you expect it. It's not there. I want that back. When you look at podcasting, it's the same thing. When people know that your episode's coming on Monday, so they put aside a certain period of time to listen to you and you're not there, they'll find something else to fill that time with. There's no emotional connection to you. It's more of an emotional connection to that just having a connection. So with YouTube, it's kind of the same deal. And I actually went for a period last year uh, all the way from January until June, I was renovating my house and I can only put out a, a, a video once every couple weeks at best. And my viewership was in the toilet by the time I came back and I was still putting content out. It just wasn't the, the, the same time that everybody wanted me to. And it, it just having that, okay, for everyone knows Monday morning at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., my video is going to be there. And they can count on that. So Monday, I have appointment tuning. Certain people know that I'm coming and they'll watch it. And as long as I don't give them, give up that spot for them to fill it with something else, I'm golden. So dependent, dependability and trust are, are kind of going hand in hand here of you're wanting someone to invest their time in, in the content you're putting out there. And in order to be able to, to ask someone to do that, they, they have to know that they can trust you. Yeah. And I think what's lost in a lot of this is it's nothing personal. Like people will drop off, uh, watching or listening to your stuff. If you're not consistent, it's not because they dislike it. Like they're going to be irritated that your show isn't there or whatever the case is but they just want to fill that time with something that entertains them. They want to fill that time with something that informs them. And if you're not going to do it, that's cool. I'm going to find a person that will. And that is probably the biggest mistake. A lot of people make with this stuff is, Oh, they'll be back. They might not be because if they've already filled that time with something that fills their needs better than you, well, you've lost them for quite a long time. Right. And, and, and so even if you're, even if you're just not present, I mean, the void, the void is filled. They've moved on. And the, 
You know, I think you, I think the number that I've, I've heard a lot is that there are like 7 million new YouTubers <laughs> in the last year. And so we, we know that a lot of them are no longer around. Yeah. Um, it's the same with podcasting, you know, um, how do you, and so when you, when you started your channel, did you, did you, were you informed? Did you think, you know, that you were going to have to be as consistent as you were that was there this this idea of this is how i'm going to do it how i'm going to grow was any of that even considered not at first and it's fascinating because i released oh i was looking at it earlier here let's go to my content i released uh one video way back on february 10th uh, no february 16th 2018 how to set up a podcast and it was okay. Uh, buddy helped me edit it. It was kind of rambly. Uh, 14 minutes long of me just telling you all the things you need to buy and don't listen to other people. And then I bought a mixer. It was a Mackie Pro FX 12 V2. And that was great. Uh, did an unboxing of it. It was nine minutes long. And then I started, started to see views popping up. Um, so I released a couple more videos, one including was how to make uh, removing saliva clicks. And then I just kind of lost interest. Uh, things just weren't as great as I thought they were going to be. So I just kind of put it aside and I left it for a little bit over a year before I looked back at the metrics and people were watching the videos. And so when I came back at it, I did a really quick filler video, how to uh, export a multi-track in Adobe Audition. And I just kind of threw that out there just to kind of get everybody going. And then I bought a microphone to unbox. And as far as I was concerned, people wanted to see unboxings. Here you go. Here's an unboxing. And the views started coming back again. So I started trying to figure out, okay, video is new to me. It's a whole different concept of setting up lights, setting up the microphone, setting up all this, how to do it. And I just started building at how to make my look as good as possible because that was the big thing holding me back, or at least I thought so. Um, and so I, I started building up the lighting. The lighting got to a decent point. People were giving me feedback on how to light the scene, how to do all that. And then I realized my editing was taking too long because I would just sit there and ramble in front of a microphone about what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go get... Um, a teleprompter. And so I bought a teleprompter and I started scripting my videos. And I realized as soon as I did that, as soon as I started scripting, putting thought onto paper, making sure that it's something that is serving the people that are watching the videos that responded with a huge boost. It was, it was the recognition that if I'm not giving them anything that's they need, there's no reason to watch the video. So as long as I could put cohesive, uh, reasonings on paper and then put that on the teleprompter and read it. Um, I had a massive response from that. And that's when I realized uh, I started following the guidelines of Linus tech tips. And that's when it just, it really took off for me. Nice. And yeah, you hear a lot about um, the idea of, of, of consistency and, and providing content that is actually useful to people. And that sounds like you, you definitely started out, um, 
you know, and so there was that lag of a year and you come back and you're like, why are people watching these videos? And, and it's amazing because going back to that thought of, you know, you, you go on with life and everything's, you know, carried on from this and here you are, you happen by and see that everyone's watching. It was timing. And I, and I think that probably is what gave you that realization of, you know, this is what's really relevant right now. Everybody is getting into YouTube. Everybody's getting into podcasting and, and they're looking for that information of how to do this. And so it's, it's definitely, I think, really important to understand with an audience, with a specific demographic, what do they need? What do they want? What, what thrills them? What, what educates them? What draws them in? And so you're at that 2000 point, just a little north of 2000 subscribers are, are, are people approaching you now? Companies approaching you now saying, Hey, use our lights. You know what? It's, it's funny. Um, right now I'm still in the selling phase. I'm not in the, well, I'm selling myself rather than having them kind of sell themselves to me. I approach everybody. Uh, I approach Elgato. I approach zoom. I approach road. I call them. Uh, I show them my, my numbers and I say, listen, all I want is something for you to lend me. I'll give it back to you. I just want to review it. And some of them are great about it. Uh, my relationship with Zoom, I work with a gentleman over at Zoom who sends me stuff like the P4. I've got the P8 on the way. Um, then other companies are like, well, we want to see more of a 10,000 per episode kind of deal. I'm like, okay, so I'll call you back when I get there. And then other stuff I buy outright. And I actually started when I first started this, you can't tell anyone. Okay. This is just so you know, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I started buying stuff and returning it. I literally had no choice. If I wanted to unbox stuff, I, I can't afford to pay a thousand dollars for something and keep it. Uh, so what I'll do is I would unbox it. I would do a whole video. I would show how it was done. Then I'd package it back up and go, ah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> and, uh, when like, that's how you have to do it. You, you have no other choice unless you're rich. And I got lucky. We're on video right now. You can actually see behind me up, up here. I've got a lot of my stuff just kind of hanging out on shelves. That is I've come across and I've decided I can afford to keep. Um, and I'm actually getting into that point now where I can, I don't have to rely on free stuff anymore. I can pay for stuff. I bought my S, uh, the SM7B. I, I bought the MV7 and it's getting better in that respect. And we're just getting to the point where companies are going, oh, wait, people are watching your videos. And now I think, I, I think we're at about the point of takeoff where companies are going to start to say, all right, we'll send you our new microphone. Don't worry about sending it back. Just, you know, make sure you're honest with your review. And I can't wait. <laughs> what do you, what do you think of the MV7? <sighs> I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, I liked the mic in general. The problem I had with that bloody microphone is the way they marketed it. Uh, as soon as they called it inspired by a legend, they called it uh, inspired by the SM7B. I was... Um, I was hurt by that because I own an SM7B. I know what the sound is. I know what the quality is, but you have somebody that's new to podcasting thinking they're buying an, an SM7B when they're getting an uh, MV7. That's just rude marketing. 
that's uncalled for. And I think they needed clearer language in that. Yeah. I, and so I have not checked the mic out when it, you know, when it came out, um, I remember about a month before they released the mic, um, Shore started doing this campaign of, of <laughs> things are coming up. It's just going to be amazing. It's going to be just the most wonderful thing ever. And, and so then they, they released this. And, and so the second I saw it, I was very underwhelmed and, and I was like, and I love Shore. Um, yeah. and I was just like, what is this thing? And, and I just could not wait. And so I was waiting not for the reviews. I was rev- waiting for the reviews from very specific people. And so, and you were one of them. And, um, and so this right here, I want to show you this. If you look at this. Yeah. This is the reason. Th- and so this is 90, this is a $99 mistake. And I, I did not return it because, and I don't even, re- it's a, it's a sure M something. Yeah. Um, it's uh, like those a, are the ones that are meant for meetings. Yeah. They're meant for, yeah, doing like business meetings and stuff. Right. And so this was my idea of, I'm going to do a podcast and, and I don't have any knowledge. I have zero information, um, no, no experience, no nothing. And I thought, and so I bought that. I, I connected it to my computer via USB, live in a really loud environment. Um, and it's a USB condenser mic and it was horrible. <laughs> and yeah. so I thought, you know, before I spend another $99 on, on the next mistake, I need to go get some facts. And so I started, I started looking. And so I actually never saw until recently that you even had the whole, the whole podcast, um, series that you have on, on YouTube. Yeah. I was looking at the mics and, um, I spent a lot of time not wanting to make this other, you know, make another $99 mistake. You know, it's only 99 bucks, but 99 bucks adds up, you know, one mistake after another. And and I think that's the thing that people really want with someone like you when they go on YouTube and they're looking at the video and you're influencing decisions, you're you're telling them when we're going back to you telling them this is this is what you should go buy or this is whatever and you do have a disclaimer on your channel I saw that and the thing is um you 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 make a series of financial mistakes and that is going to set you back and so one of the one of the piece of pieces of um oh what would you call it advice that I heard a while back was that and actually I think it might have been on your live stream with Dylan Dylan you guys were talking about referencing, you know, you, do, you don't just listen to, to my, my YouTube channel or that YouTube channel. You listen to several about the same piece of equipment and then try to make an educated decision based on multiple experiences in your use case. Yeah. And the, it's funny, like going back to the MB7, <laughs> ah. <laughs> like to crap on this mic. Um, I watched a lot of influencers with this microphone because they got a day one from sure. I purchased mine. I paid 249 US dollars, which is 349 Canadian dollars. Great. Return Love it. that. Well, I did something unique with it. However, one of the things that every influencer had, and uh, I'm not going to name them, but they all gave these this thing a, sh- a bloody shining review. And I couldn't figure it out. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but they only tested it on USB. Very few of them tested it on XLR. And it occurred to me that sure requested them to only review the or the USB version of it. And it does sound better on USB, which is ridiculous. 
but I also lost a lot of respect for those reviewers because not a single one of them called out the fact that this was not an SM7B. Not a single one of them said, hey, you're buying a Shure, you're buying a Shure microphone, but you're not buying the Shure SM7B. And it felt really dirty. So when I put mine up, that was the first thing I wanted out. And yes, you're right. It's about the use case with it. You you need to sit down with a microphone. You need to try the microphone out. I made the NT2A work because it's a relatively expensive entry microphone. So this is a condenser that still costs 400, 450 US dollars. You're going to be able to make that work, but you have to put the work in to do it. I sat down with the AKGC 414, which is a, an $1,800 microphone. And I had, didn't have any work to do with it. It just worked for my voice. So it's, it's kind of one of those things that the more you spend, the less work you have to do on the microphone, the less you spend, the more work you have to do, or the more lucky you have to be with the microphone. And it's kind of finding that balance. So don't just go out and buy a microphone because you're like, well, this $300 is going to sound great. Doesn't work that way. Uh, and with the MV7, it sounded like garbage on my voice. It just, I could not make it sound good. I'm sure it sounds great on some, but I put the SM7B under my voice and I'm like, wow, that's much better. So it's, it's always learning how to kind of know what you're looking for in the microphone, know the type of voice you want to hear it on. So you hear my voice. If your voice is relatively close to mine, it's a good bet. that It's probably going to work or at least work better for you. Then another microphone you hear off of somebody like uh podcastage where, you know, kind of a <laughs> higher nasally voice. No, nothing to get. He makes fun of his own voice. It's not a bad voice. It's just, it's a completely different from mine. Um, so like when I watch podcastages reviews, I've reviewed a few mics where he's like, I like this. I'm like, it sounds like crap on my voice. So it's also a grain of salt when you watch it reviewed by a reviewer, including myself. And that's, those are the disclaimers I've had to put up now. This sounds great on my voice. So you have to make your determination based on that. Right. Yeah. I, you know, that's the thing is I, in making decisions, I've really had to look at, at what everybody's doing and, and exactly listen to, is their voice anything like mine? And so it, um, God, what's his name? I, Mike, um, somebody, has got the booth junkie. Um, oh, oh, Mike, Mike so, Delgadio. Yeah, Mike Delgadio. And so he's got a he's got a deeper voice and nothing like mine. Mine is closer to his than it is to yours. And yeah. um, and so I thought, you know, but the mics that he prefers are are you know he does voiceover, and so you do voiceover. You use a condenser mic. A lot of people use these really amazing condenser mics, and and so. You know, Podcastage uses the the SM7B, loves it. And I thought, you know, if it can make him sound good, it can make anybody <laughs> sound good. I, I love him. I actually, I, I watch his channel. And um, yeah. and so there are like four or five of you that really influenced the decisions I made. And so I, Interesting. You know, Who are the five, four or five? Give me, give me those to me. Um, There was you. Um, yeah. Bandrew over at Podcastage, um, Mike Delgadio, um, Epos Vox, believe it or not. I don't know if you know yeah. him. Yeah. He, um, you know, what's interesting about him is that he, um, 
he's just kind of this 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 young kid, everyday kind of guy, um, kind of blunt, and um, <laughs> you know, I just thought, you know, um, there's just something about him that I really like. You know, he's he's got all these different mics, all these different use cases, not always like completely on top of things. But he, he almost has this, and so he obviously knows a whole lot more about all of this than I do, but he almost has this sense of, of kind of bumbling through things. And it <laughs> no, it, seriously, it draws me in because it makes me think of me. It makes me think, hey, if, if this guy can do this, I can do this. And if he can use this, I can use this. And, um, and so I have, um, I have made a lot of purchases based on... on what people do. I've, I've watched the videos, um, and not just, um, not just microphones, but so many things. I mean, you know, the thing is, is if I had, I've got enough junk in here that if I had the, the video presence and the, you know, just all the tools to do it, I have enough stuff in here to, to do reviews for a few months. And so, you know, I, I actually, okay. And so Tom Buck, do you know him? No, actually. He, oh, he's awesome. His, his video footage is unbelievable. And so he, um, he recently did a review, and so I'm using the Gator Boom Arm 3000. It's like a broadcast boom, and so it's the more expensive of the two Gator Boom Arms. Oh, I know Tom Buck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so this, um, this boom arm, um, it looks cool. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a tube style. It looks cool. The, the, the table clamp sucks. And he said that he was like, Hey, it's a great, it's great. It's wonderful. Table clamp sucks. And, and he said that in the video. Um, and it's $129 setup. I have the hundred dollar gator boom arm and it is almost identical in, in use and, in, in style to the, the road, I think PSA one is that, is it the PSA yep. one? And which yep. is the one you use? Yeah. And so, and that's the other thing that it just made me, and so I watched your live stream this last Friday, and so I have a bone to pick with you. Are those (laughs) right there on your head, are those the um, Shure, what are they? SRH-440s. And you like them. I love them. I'm wearing the same ones. I think they're very uncomfortable after a while. You know what? And I'm going to have to give that to you, especially if you wear glasses, and that it gets better the higher up the chain you go because there's a few things outside of the normal stuff you look for in headphones is flat response, um, you know, the usual stuff, uh, the best mixing quality. You're looking for comfort and you're just kind of looking for quality of build components. And while I love these, these only cost me 99 American dollars. So I'm guessing they probably only cost you about 80 bucks American. Um the earmuffs on them and the weight of it are a big problem. I, I find like I get a sore neck from wearing these too long. The thing is though, is, is you really kind of hit on, on the important part of all of this is these are $89. And yeah. so for you, right. And so you, you know, there's, there's all, there's always that, that adage of you get what you pay for. And I also agree with, I think they sound great. I think for my use case, I think they're, as close to perfect as you're going to get for 90 bucks. And, yeah. <laughs> comfort comes at a cost. Right. <laughs> and, um, so as you grow and, and, and so you're, you're up to 2000 followers. Yep. As you grow, where, what, what direction are you going in? What's, what's next? 
And this is the hard part with uh, doing a YouTube channel. So, and I, I actually came to terms with this over, over the holidays. Um, one of the things that I love doing is I love doing stuff like uh, I released a video. Um, it was funny right before Christmas, fast and easy thumbnails that are successful. And the irony of that, that video bombing broke my heart. <laughs> I was like, was it? Was it the thumbnail? I don't know. But I do want to do more of a a personal vlog style. I want to have more of a, a presence with, you know, um, talking about things. One of the reasons I love doing YouTube, and this is one of the reasons I continue doing it, was the interaction. I love answering people. I love talking to people. And a lot of, you'll see, if you go over all the comments on all my videos, I comment back. And the reason I do that isn't because I want people to love me. I love the idea that people are watching my stuff and want to talk about it. That, that's the whole point of doing a review, right? Like, let's talk about this microphone. And when I get into doing some of that stuff, like the vlog style, and I haven't really done any actual vlog styles other than like uh -huh. doing my goals for 2021 and five things I learned from 2020 that will help you big time, stuff like that. Nobody watches it. <laughs> so it's, right. it's one of the people come to my channel for reviews and I, I, I expect that that's fair. I get that. So I think one of the things I do want to build is, is that the viewership that want to see more. Um, I have a video coming up. Uh, this is a secret. You can't tell anyone again. Um, where I'm going to see how indestructible an SM58 is. I'm actually going to take it out. I'm going to run it over with a car. I'm going to bang it up against a wall. I'm going to do everything I can to destroy an SM58. They're supposed to be damn near indestructible. We're going to find out. And I know that's going to get some good viewership, but I also want to try doing some more stuff like that. I want to have more fun. That's not just like, okay, today we're taking a look at the NT2A this is how it sounds in this pattern. So it's, it's more of a waiting for the viewership to show up to experiment, to see what I can get away with, with that. And that's usually what it comes down to. Now, this isn't going to turn into a home and gardening channel, not whatsoever, uh -huh. but I'm, I would like to inject a little bit more of myself into it. That's half the fun. I've also considered doing a bit of comedy, but I, I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes and where, the channel kind of eventually leads to. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, that's the, the experience that I've had with this is that, you know, people engage me and, and, and so whether it's on social media, you know, whatever platform it is, um, I think the thing you really have to, to be mindful of is if I'm going to do a vlog or, you know, destroy an SM58 and I want someone to watch that and participate and invest in me, um, I have to be willing to invest back in them as, you know, in, in yep. them as well. And, and so I think that's amazing advice. Um, well, you also have to want to, like, I, I don't wake up in the morning like, Oh, uh, people are messaging me again. I wake up and check my messages. I'm like, all right, who said, and you get the odd jerk that comes through like, who's well, going to know what he's talking about. But then you get like, uh, I woke up yesterday to a message. Is it on my Twitter still? Give me a second here. Let's see if I still have it on my Twitter. Uh, I don't. It's on my phone. I will get it there. This is one of those edit moments for you. Eh? Um, 
probably the best message I've received in quite some time. And I get a lot of these. I get a lot of these people saying this kind of stuff to me. He said, this dude just needs to hit the algorithm lottery and he'll be on fire. Excellent quality here through and through. And it's basically telling me that I, you know, you have the kind of content that's going to bring me back every time. And it's that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that you go to the comments for. But then you see the other people are like, uh, do you think I should buy an SM58 or should I buy this? I love talking to them as well because I know whether or not you should buy an SM58. I know whether or not you should be running a condenser or dynamic. And that's kind of cool. I enjoy that interaction. I enjoy all of it. If I didn't, this probably wouldn't be anywhere near as successful. Yeah, and it wouldn't be for you. It, um, I'm tickled to death when someone engages me in some way. And, and what's funny is when someone engages me, it's about a guest. And so it's rarely, hey, you know, all about <laughs> me. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of here. And, and, but it's about my guests. And so I do a lot of artists, creatives, musicians, that sort of thing. I've had some amazing musicians. And, um, and so someone will contact me and say, Hey, you know, this person's song or what they said. And, and, and I will see on social media, people quoting things that someone said in a, you know, in a post and attributing it to that person who said it. And, and I'm just, I'm touched by that. I'm just like, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, because that really is the entire point is, is putting that individual out there and, and introducing them to that new audience. And, um, and so you, 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 on the other hand are, you know, you're introducing mics. Sometimes they're great mics. Sometimes they're, you know, the, the little sure deal. Um, but, um, you're still very, it's still very much you. The element is really, do I like Aiden? Do I trust Aiden? Do I do I value yeah. what he says? And it's got to feel amazing to to have that engagement and have someone say, "Hey, I I did this because of this." And you know, because at the end of the day, you're you're sitting there reading these messages and thinking, yeah. you know, damn, did I did I just you know send this person into a brick wall financially or with this really <laughs> bad decision and you know, Hey, I'm really sorry here. Do you want this free sure MV seven to make up for it? You know what I mean? You have no recourse. Of, it's, you know. it's fascinating too, because I had, um, a, a little video I put out called, do you need a shock mount? And it was a video that I actually did about a month and a half prior to me releasing it on YouTube. It was in my YouTube video list. I just never hit the publish button because I always had better videos coming because of it. And because it was a video about a shock mount, I had to put some content in there that wasn't just talking about shock mounts. So I put a little bit of like me talking to the shock, like, what do you do? Um, <laughs> stupid stuff. And I put it out. Finally, I was, I had no video idea for a week. So I just, asked, ah, screw it. I published it and it blew up. People are commenting on it. Oh, I, I subscribed to you because of the voices you did. I'd subscribed to you because you know, of this or that, but it was never like, I subscribed to you because you told me not to buy a shock mount. I subscribed to you because of you. And that was, I think that's one of the most interesting concepts behind it. Cause I looked at the video and I'm like, eh, that's the best I can do. And other people saw it and were like, wow, that was really entertaining. And it's like only four and a half minutes long. So 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you have to build yourself up as a personality and in doing that, there's a danger that you can find out that you're not the personality people want to watch. Yeah, that, that would definitely suck. So do, well, do a I... good example, so a good example is podcastage. Like you look at his personality and uh, I like watching his videos. He's quirky. He's unique. He does the same thing week after week, throws the same box week after week. And yet he's got all the subscribers it's because people like to tune in and see him throw a damn box. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. It, it, and so I, 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 I follow him. I subscribe and I love him. My girlfriend, if she comes in the room, I've got to put the headphones on because <laughs> her, 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 and it, it's nothing personal. His voice is comparable to the voice of someone she knows. And so she's like, I hear that voice uh, all day. And she's like, I just don't want to hear that voice right now. <laughs> and, um, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But you know, that's the thing is I, I think these are the things that prove that, you know, you absolutely can be 47 and start a YouTube channel. You can be, oh, yeah. you can have this quirky voice or, or tell weird jokes or throw boxes. It really is a, you're selling you. And so the yep. thing is, is, is once someone gets to know you, is invested in you, knows is that you, that you have some integrity and some character, you're going to invest back. You're going to be very honest. Um, that's the thing. And, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of been my experience. And that's why I follow the specific people that I follow is I've, I've made a lot of decisions and purchases based on 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 advice and and so i haven't gone out and purchased every single thing that they've ever reviewed i couldn't afford to but i've, I've tried to cross-reference everybody's ideals and 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 this is this is what is what's what's going to be useful in my use case and um you know i i ultimately started making decent investments you know i i know more mm -hmm. of these i don't even know what this thing is yeah the mic. sure something stupid yeah <laughs> and um and so i i at one point was actually going to i was going to do an episode on this just because i bought it and i did not return it because i need to be willing to look at it and say you know what this is what i get for <laughs> not asking for help not finding help and not you know just just doing it on my own and um it's it's interesting that um you you can learn from these things and you can go on youtube and learn how to do just about anything it's unbelievable well it's funny before i review a mic the first thing i do is i go and i watch everyone else's review the first thing I do before I, I'll get a mic, I've got the AKG P120. Dylan requested that I grab that. So yeah. I purchased it, brought it home. It's coming on its way. Now, the first thing I'm going to do when I get it in my hand is I'm going to plug it in. I'm going to talk through it. I'm going to edit some of the audio. I'm going to play with it. I'm going to push it to its limits. But then I'm going to go and I'm going to check out podcastage. Tom Buck, I think his name is. I, I just know him by his face. Um, and I'm going to watch a few other reviews of it. And then I'm going to compare my findings to theirs. I'm going to, if they bring something up that I didn't notice, I'll use, I'll use that to go and check that one thing out. Does that actually work? How's the sound floor? But then I'll make up my video based on all of the information I've gleaned. And th that's the, the, if you're not doing that, if you're not fully investigating all of those little things, you're going to miss that one thing. 
And it happens to me in almost every video where I'll get a question, some random question, like, can I record this through an iPhone onto this, onto that, onto that, onto that? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I just reviewed the damn thing. So I think the, that, that research that you have to do, uh, Roadcaster Pro is a good one. I actually sent my Roadcaster back because I had a bad experience on PC with it. And I actually found out about three months later because I didn't watch other reviews on it, that it actually hooks up to a Mac like that with PC. It was about an hour and a half hookup and the drivers are garbage. So it's, it's, it's learning that and it's also learning how to do your research, how to make sure the information you're putting out by watching everything. And it's the same thing you do to buy a mic or to buy a board It's you have to go and check out every angle that you trust. I do. So do you, and so you obviously, I mean, you really answered the question. Um, but how often do you get, um, someone coming to you like, yeah, cause here's the thing. The minute you make a YouTube video saying, here's, here's this microphone. Um, you're an authority, you know, yep. everything about it and you are accountable. Um, so that all that, all that, you know, really, really getting into it and knowing and understanding, watching other videos and then doing your own, you know, taking into consideration their use case and their comments and their, their objective feelings on it is really important. Yeah. And it, it's fascinating too, because if somebody busts you for not knowing something, you got to own up to it. Uh, I don't know. And if there's a couple types of videos you can do, one is an unboxing where it's like, this is what you get in the box. These are my first ideas. What, what I think of the product, but you really don't get much out of an unboxing. Then you have a review and that review is, this is everything it can do. And this is how it does it. And this is how it sounds when it does it. And I think the first one I really did from my perspective, when I look back on it, that I really did well was the P4 where I actually did all of the research. I watched everything on it. I made sure I knew every use case and when I put my review down, I made sure I hit every single one of those points because that's what was important to people that were buying the P4 is how do the phone calls sound? Um, what kind of, how would you use it? How would you, you know, get your phone through? How would you do this? How would you do that? And by doing that, you're serving the customer. You're serving them all the information you've learned about it because I, I know how to operate all the equipment, but I don't guaranteed no every use case for it. So that's why I need to educate myself before I do it. I've got an H5 up here, uh Zoom H5 that I still don't know the whole use case for. Um and that's because I've never done a video on it other than this is how to generally plug in a microphone. Nice. And so um how do you how do you like that Zoom H5? Oh, it's gorgeous. That one of the best purchases you can make for a uh, a studio. It's if at any point you go on the road or if any point um, you need a backup, the Zoom H5 is amazing. It works as a multi-track. It works uh, for audio pickup. So if you're gathering scene audio, which if you do on location stuff, you just hold the thing in the air and grab the audio of a location. So if you want to make it sound like you're in a diner, go to a diner and hold the, the H5 in the air for five minutes and loop it. Um, it's also an interface. 
it's uh you can multi-track on it you can plug into four microphone up to four microphones into it the thing is like the swiss army knife of recorders and it's fantastic i and so i have a i have an sm57 and yeah back here and um yeah you can't even see it on frame right now <laughs> um and so but i have it and, and it's got the it's got the big you know the 30 dollar foam windscreen and um for those plosives i'm I'm very plosive heavy and um and so i've seen some videos that oh it's very comparable you can make you can eq it to make it sound like the the sm7b which is the mic i'm using here and i i think i'm going to try that i'm going to do a series of episodes using that microphone to because i get a lot of you know a lot of comments oh i like your voice really um and so I, I want to see what it sounds like on the 57. And I want to see if there are any comments, any, any, any idea of something's changed. And, and so do you think you can, you can EQ that mic to make it sound like the, the SM7B? You know, what's funny is it wouldn't take much. If you were to just remove the SM7B from, from your boom arm and put it on, most people wouldn't be able to tell other than the visual guaranteed. Really? Because the SM the SM7B and the SM57 have the exact same car, uh, capsule in them. The exact same. There's a little bit of a tweak they did for the SM7B. It's called the Unidyne 3. And in every SM microphone, they've all had that Unidyne 3 capsule in them. The difference is, is obviously you've got roll-offs on the back of that uh, microphone, the SM7B. Uh, but you could, I think you'd have to tweak a little of the top end where you'd have to bring out down a little bit of the highs and then you'll basically have the exact same microphone sound. Have you, um, have you had a chance to check out the 48? We know that doesn't have the Unidyne three. Uh, I know that because you you told me it didn't. Yeah. The video shot. It's going up next Monday. Um, it's one of those things where the SM48 is a fantastic microphone and I don't know how or why it costs $50 less. And I know it's because it doesn't have the Unidyne three in it. However, the SM58 is always going to be the SM58. It's, it's that workhorse tried, tested true with the SM48. I don't know if it's got enough time on it that people can say, yes, this microphone will last the test of time. However, that SM48 is damn close, like damn close. So much so that Dylan wasn't able to pick it out. This is an audio engineer that has spent most of his life devoted to being able to pick out microphones and he couldn't get it. So that's pretty sweet. He was pretty impressed with the mic you're using though. Yeah, um, I actually just released it about an hour ago. The video on the AKG P120 versus the NT2A. It's a ninety-dollar uh, condenser microphone. It has fantastic sound. It has fantastic coloration. It's a little loud, so it does have a little bit of uh, noise to it. So probably not the best for doing audiobooks. But for a sound quality on a mic, I've been using this on my morning show since I got it, and I no one's been able to tell the difference. And the this is I think a hundred dollars, a hundred U.S. dollars. My mic is a three four hundred dollar microphone so it it goes toe-to-toe with it quite well and i've i gotta say i haven't been impressed by a hundred dollar mic in quite some time i think that's the integrity we're looking for though you know when i when i started you know so when i started i had absolutely 
zero idea um, really what a podcast was, how to do it, what I would need. You know, I had no understanding of any of that. And so I went on YouTube and I found you, I found podcastage, I, I found several people who, and so I would go and I would watch videos that were similar in vain to one another and get as many opinions and the sounds of voices on equipment and, and just try to get the most objective look, you know, insight that I could get on, on a, on a topic, on a piece of equipment, whatever, and, and try to make an informed decision. And the one thing that, that always, I always respect is, Hey, you can spend $400 on a microphone, but here's mm-hmm. one for a hundred. It's really good, you know? And, and the thing is, is whether, you know, and so my microphone, it's, um, you know, and, and so you buy one of these, it's 400 bucks. Then you need a cloud lifter potentially, you know, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if your audio interface, um, doesn't have the, the gain power, um, you're going to need to augment and you're going to need to know these things. And, and, you know, it's very easy to, that's the thing is, is you were talking earlier about this clarity of, of your early videos and, you know, you weren't as, as thorough as you would have liked to have been in hindsight. And it's really important because if I buy a piece of equipment and I don't get the result you get because I don't have all the information, honestly, I'm going to be pissed. I saw a, uh, <laughs> I know I'm serious. I saw a video. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, I've gotten, you know, I, I, I know just enough now to be dangerous to myself and make a fool of myself. But I watched, <laughs> and, and I watched an obscure channel several months ago about audio interfaces and, um, the guy, um, the guy in the video was comparing audio interface to um, to a mixer, and he said, yeah. "All an all the all all audio interface does is this," and I forget what it was, and um, and I knew at that point that well, you know, there's a whole lot that an audio interface does that I know that you didn't mention, and I'm thinking, you know, if I would have seen your video first. I would have been screwed because yep. I potentially would have gone a different direction. I, you know, and that's the thing. And so I think, um, I think you're absolutely right that to, to really put as much information out there about a product and about its use case. Um, I think these are things that are, are going to continue to build your channel. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you screw somebody with information like that, if you come out and just say, Bob, audio interface doesn't do anything. Oh, you need a mixer. And then somebody takes your advice and it screws them. Your word is garbage to them now. Um, and that's that's the that's a fine line you really have to kind of come to terms with. And I actually had to come to terms with that about a year ago that I need to do the job. I can't mail this in. I need to test. I need to make sure I'm getting all of the information. Otherwise, I'm doing a disservice. And what's the point of doing YouTube if you're doing a disservice? You're each video takes me 20 hours of work. Why am I going to do 20 hours of work to something that doesn't even resonate with people? So yeah, it's, it's a tough gig. It's a tough um, experience starting out. And I know there's a lot of guys that, you know, uh, I get frustrated when I see a YouTuber with a hundred thousand subscribers, that's um, not doing the proper job that they should be doing for the viewer because their channel has now turned into them instead of the product. And that's the one thing that you really need to avoid is this, 
your videos aren't about you. Your videos are about the product you're reviewing. And as soon as they come become about you, you're a waste of a channel. Uh, you might be filling the void for people that want to watch what you do. And there are people that do that. But you are also kind of killing off the people that should be trusting your content and trusting exactly what you're trying to tell them in regards to that product. So it's there's a lot of fine lines you skate when you're doing YouTube or even a podcast. What are you what are you going to do this next year to to set yourself apart? Um, no, that's a good one. Where's your channel going? Uh, setting yourself apart on YouTube. Um, first and <laughs> foremost, I think I've, I've set myself apart from, I would say my competition on YouTube. And I look at my competition, Curtis Judd, who's one of the better, uh, probably the best audio and video and lighting reviewer on YouTube. As far as I'm concerned, he's like, hands down, he's fantastic. Agreed. I trust what comes out of Curtis Judd's mouth. Podcastage is another one who, um, dude knows his stuff. Um, he will give you everything you need to know about the, about the product that you want. Um, but what I bring is something completely different from what Podcastage does, completely different from what Curtis Judd does. And that's. I think what differentiates me now for my channel to grow, for my channel to become, um, uh, something bigger than it is. Uh, a great example is, uh, my engineer, when I did, uh, the video on the cables, my engineer got mad at me. He's like, well, cables don't matter. I said, okay, well, how do you want to prove this? He said, well, you're coming up onto the top of the building where we broadcast our radio station from. We're going to bring one of your cables up there and we're going to test it. We're going to see if uh, basically the worst radio signal, a lethal radio signal, in, in fact, whether or not it'll impact the cable that you use. So we're going to go to the top of a transmitter site uh, on the top of the tallest building in Ottawa, Ontario, to find out whether or not RF signals can get into the cheapest uh, cable possible. And that's the kind of stuff that I like to do instead of like just like sitting in my basement going, don't get this cable, get this cable. I'll be able to actually go, this is why it doesn't matter. And we can go to the top of a big building and do that. And it's not really vlog style, but it's more run and gun, which is something that I've kind of said, I always wanted to do a little bit more of like, have a little bit more field fun, have a little bit more of me. Um, and that's one of the reasons our, our streams have been fun and why I enjoy doing them is because it's more about the conversation rather than just like this generic sterile conversation of this is this mic versus this mic, which I do like, but for me, it gets old. So I want to inject more personality into that stuff. Sir, I, I thank you for your time. I, um, I look forward to, to seeing, you know, the content between now and, and 5,000 subscribers. I think it's going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs>